Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, I want to start from. And uh, it links really what we've been talking about, and I'll show how it links, God willing. Uh, Matthew 1, chapter 18. Now, this is a story usually told at Christmas time. Uh, we're not in Christmas just yet, but uh, here we go. Matthew 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. This is an account of Matthew. It's looking at Joseph's point of view. Okay, looking from the side of Joseph. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. We see the angel of the Lord in a dream. This is a current theme in this and also fulfilling of prophecies. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And chapter 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men as we've come to know them, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born, king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Hallelujah. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And this is the bit of the nativity we, we see often, most every year. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream, again, warned in a dream, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And this is a bit you don't usually see in an nativity place. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. Where he stayed until the death of Herod. 
And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Isn't that amazing? That God of all the universe, the one we've been singing about, who's worthy and worthy and holy and holy of all our praise and glory, was a selfless, helpless babe, smuggled out of the country under cover of darkness at night and began life as a human, as a refugee. Wow. That is a humbling stat, isn't it? The king of the universe had no home. Started life as a refugee. That's why we can worship Jesus. Because he is a man after our own afflictions and pain and suffering and loss. He knows what it is to have no home. He's a God who understands everything that we go through as human beings. Amen. A refugee, the Lord Jesus. Anyway, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Wow. And after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child, And his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets. He will be called a Nazarene. In those days, oh, that's not a different one. Not having that. Right. <laughs> There's two themes really come from there, wasn't it? Angels speaking in dreams and fulfilling what was said through the prophets. Now I've got some really, really exciting news, some really great news. It's the best news in the world. And it's God has a plan for your life to give you hope and a future. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Woo! Amen? Amen. Come on, that's great news. The King has given us plans for hope and a future. Hallelujah. The not so great news is the devil has a plan for your life too. It says that Jesus said that he's come to steal, kill and destroy. God's got a plan and so has the enemy. God chose this time in history and play. He chose it. He chose this time. He knew that the Romans were a brutal regime. That his son was to be the sacrifice. A pure, holy sacrifice to atone for the sin of the world. He knew that 33 and a half years later from that moment, that helpless babe being put into Egypt, he would be on a cross in a public execution. He knew the impact it would have at that moment. God knew. He knows the time and place of everything. But God is one step ahead of the enemy. See, the enemy wanted Jesus dead as a baby. Throughout the Old Testament, 
There are, full, there are prophecies all the way through. God is a God of his promises. God always fulfill what he says he'll fulfill. We read in that, those two chapters at least five prophecies where it says, as fulfilled through the prophets. Verse 22 and 23 in chapter 1. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. This was foretold in the book of Isaiah. This is great today. You're reading some of the Old Testament as well. And you ain't got to flick through. You can just read it in the book of Matthew. In chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Another prophecy. Where is the child to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are no by, by no means least among the rulers. For out of you will come a ruler who will be my shepherd, Israel. Micah 5 is from. Also in Ezekiel, you know, God is saying, I'm going to send my shepherd for my people. So many prophecies of God fulfilled in these chapters. In verse 15, when Joseph took the child and left for Egypt. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said for the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Your salvation was called out of Egypt on the name of Jesus Christ. Our salvation was called out by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for what God... We've got to understand what God was meaning to do in this time. What is he meaning to do? And there's two more prophecies that were fulfilled um, in verse 17 in chapter 2. After Herod had ordered the instructions of to kill the babies and all the toddlers. Those, then what was said for the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. The book of Jeremiah. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted. Because they are no more. But why this time, Lord? You know, he chose this time. You know, I, when he sent Jesus down as a babe, that baby was so precious, right? That baby was going to be on a cross to die for your sins. Everyone's sins. That baby had to be preserved and protected. And I wondered, why God didn't you send a fleet of angels to protect the baby and sweep it into Egypt and back again? Because he didn't do that. Because it would have exposed the position of the baby. Because there's an enemy out from the beginning. Out to destroy all that God has to do. And Jesus at this time was a baby. Now, the last time I saw a baby, it doesn't do much. Just drinks and poops, really. And they're helpless. They cry a lot. It's defenseless. Jesus was a defenseless baby. But God entrusted a man to look after it. Wow. Because if he got angels to come and swoop down, the position would have been exposed and the whole plan wouldn't have worked. That baby had to be preserved in secret. Until such a time when God says, now the danger's passed, now bring him back out of Egypt into Israel. Wow. It's all in God's timing. We need to park all this in there. Wow, God, 
you did all that for me? Yeah, I did it all for you. I did all that for you. I smuggled a baby out at night on a camel with his mother through Joseph in the middle of the night so no one could see. Start life as a refugee. And Joseph had to start a new life in Egypt until such a time he was called out again by a Lord, by an angel of the Lord to say, come back into Israel, it's now safe. God has a plan. Now Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, can I not just call down a legion of angels and armies now and rescue me? But he didn't. Because it was a time for him to go to the cross and to finally die a gruesome death to set us free from our sin. Praise God. We should praise him for that. Oh God, you're so wonderful. Such a perfect human being dying for us. Oh Jesus, you're so worthy of our praise. You're so worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. And we see Joseph had many dreams of the angel of the Lord appeared to him. An angel of the Lord appeared to him so many times. And Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Wow. Oh, come on. I believe in angels. Hallelujah. All oh, angels are real. They're not just cute little babies on clouds blowing harps and things. No, no. These are Tall people. These are wearing the armour of God. They're, they, are, they are strong. They're sent to help us. You don't know what you've been in through life. If you're serving the Lord and God's got a plan for your life, you don't know where an angel might have protected you from something. That car that could have hit you might have hit an angel and protected you. You do not know. I've had, when I look back in my life and God knew the plan for my life, he may, there's two or three accidents I was involved in. So don't come drive with me. But God may have protected me from something. I should have been dead in one of them. But who knows? Ministering spirits. God sends angels. Wow. They are, they are with me. When I'm on the streets of Columbia by myself, Liddy goes, you shouldn't be walking by yourself. I've got my angels with me. <laughs> I've got my angels. <laughs> no one can touch me. But you've got to be wise too. <laughs> you've got to be wise. There was one moment when I did escape and I said, God told me to go to this place. And Lily goes, I believe this is from God. Off you go. So she knew that the authority I spoke that day was from God. You know, that was an authority. God has told me. And she goes, okay, that's from God. So she, that was actually another story. But uh, um, yeah, it was an, maybe an angel was there, you know. He did guide that day. We was in the, the church in Colombia and... Um, we heard of a testimony as we arrived there. We heard that a man had come to the church with his family to give a testimony of what had happened. He doesn't go to this church because he lives on the other side of the city. But the church that we were going to had an impact in his life. So he wanted to come to the church and, and encourage the church of what had happened. So we heard this story. And he said that one day he'd woke up. This was five and a half years ago, he said. He woke up and... He, he, he was in pain and he was in agony for five, six years and wheelchair. And he says, I wanted to commit suicide that day. I woke up with a thought, I'm going to take my son to school and I'm going to kill myself. Because he said, my life was just not worth living. That's what he said. 
But he goes, but I was walking my son to school and then a gringo, right, a gringo came up to him. Now, a gringo is what South Americans and Mexicans call white Americans, right? Is that right? Yeah, a gringo. A gringo came up to him and said, today's the day of you for your salvation. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He said it all in Spanish, of course. He goes, pero hoy, Jesús es el mismo, ayer, hoy, siempre. Come on, mi español. Right? He said all that. And he, t- and he said the pain left his body and he was healed fully from t- head to toe. And he gave his life to Christ. And I know that's a true story because I was that gringo. <laughs> I was that gringo. I've never heard this story from that point of view before. This is five and a half years ago. And it only just come to... All my attention right now, what he was going through about suicide. And that. All I knew is that he was shot in the back and that he was in a wheelchair for four years and no morphine could take away the pain. Now, but I didn't know that because 10 minutes before that, I was on a balcony in a dentist just waiting for my teeth to be cleaned. And, and I said to God, I'll give you a challenge, God. Use me right now. <laughs> that was my challenge to the Lord. I said, here I am in Columbia, God. Use me. And he goes, you see that man outside? Give him your shoes. Right? Some, some of you may have heard this part of the testimony, but now I've got the full picture, if you like, from this other chap. And I heard it three times. He goes, are you going to obey me and give that man your shoes? So I was really challenged by God. And this is when I said to Lily, God has spoken to me. I've got to give that man my shoes. And she goes, okay, it's from the Lord. So eventually I got out and uh, I was looking for this man without the shoes. And, and he had gone and, and he... I thought he went that way, but he went the other way. Now, perhaps God was, why didn't he say, there's a man coming down with suicide thoughts, got on crutches, he's going to take his life today, but I want you to go and intercept that. He didn't say that. Because God is doing a work with my heart over here too. Because this was the start of my sort of stepping out really and, and praying for people. And, uh, and there was pride in me. There was all that stuff, you know. And God was doing a work in my heart, saying, will you obey my voice? Are you ready to relinquish clothing? Are you ready to relinquish possessions? You know, God will test you in this. Or are, you relinqu- are you holding on to your possessions? Do you value your, your cars and your coats and your, before him? And they're only flip-flops. I mean, they were, you know, you're not going to cost much. But maybe. He, <laughs> but uh, another story is a guy who was in Cambridge with a couple of pastors once from Malta and he gave away his jacket to a homeless guy, a really expensive jacket. He gave it away. And I said, wow, man, that's a sacrifice. Not really. He had a Man United badge on. It wasn't really much of a sacrifice. I felt sorry for the homeless guy. <laughs> anyway, what you need is to give a, a jacket with a cannon on. That will blow the, the devil off the, of the Man U badge. Anyway, so it's just testing you. Are you holding on to your possessions too? I said, no, God, I, I don't want these flip-flops. And I was, visiting, I was envisaging my mind thinking, I'm going to walk back with bare feet. Right? I was just really thinking this, thinking, oh, what a testimony, Steve. You can come back with bare feet and say, what have you done? Oh, I gave my shoes away. God told me to give my shoes away. Look at my bare, dusty feet. You know, what? That's what I really thinking in my head. Seriously. But there, God said, run, run, run. So I kept running down this street in Colombia until I passed this man on crutches in agony. But I still didn't twig it. I was still looking for the man about shoes. I wanted the, the feet testimony, not the, the other one. Anyway, and God said, no, I want you to pray for this one. So there we are. That's the miracle. I just end up saying, God, I, I believe God put me in now. Pray for you. Pain left his body. Crutches went. 
See, what the enemy wants, the enemy says, I'm going to destroy this man's life. The enemy's out to destroy lives. But God is showing us that his way now is to use people to intercept what the devil's doing. This is what's happening. God didn't send the angels down. Well, I could have been cast as an angel, I suppose. No, but he sent me. But he taught me a lesson in the same time. A willing vessel. He sent me. He saved his life, God did. Because we've got to be available. Attuned to the Spirit of God. Obedience. Three times he said, take your shoes to that man. Three times. What would happen if I didn't? Would he have accounted me for that man's life? This is the danger now. We've, God has sent us on this mission. And God's plan will prevail. Jesus will come back for his church. There's more prophecies about his second coming than there were the first coming. There are far more prophecies about this and the end times and Israel than there were about the crucifixion. God will come back for his church. Jesus' bride will be honoured. Jesus' bride will be presented back to the groom. And in the meantime, we've got a work to do. To be a people full of his joy. Don't feel the pressure. I understand about the pressure. People are, oh, I don't think I can do that. No, you can't do it. But the Holy Spirit in you can do it. <laughs> you can't do it. But the Spirit of God will. And then when you get his peace, his love, his joy. Oh, what wondrous stuff can happen. It's such a joy. We had a great time. It was working busy, but we saw the glory of God touching people, releasing people. We had food and drink and enjoyed ourselves. But oh, what a joy it was to work for the Lord. Such wonders it is. We've got to be one step ahead of the enemy. And God is always one step ahead of the enemy. Hallelujah. We thank God for what he does. You know, and, I, and God really... I had to repent as well. After that, after that testimony, you think, cool, what glory, 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 right? Man, I, I went back thinking, got my testimony. <laughs> it's God's testimony. It's not about me. Because we are, you know, that's what the enemy puts still in your head. Oh, it's all about you. No, it's not about me. It's, when's it been about us? It's about him. It's always been about him. Hallelujah. Oh God, take away pride in this room. Lord, I repent of my pride and my jealousy and my gossip. God, take it away. Take it away. It's all about you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. In this reading we've uh, covered, we come to the part where Herod has ordered the execution of these young children. Sad episode in the whole story, right? And you think, God, how did you allow that to happen? Why did you allow that to happen, God? Because God's got a plan. God's got a plan. We have to see the bigger picture. We've got to see the the bigger picture. You know, D-Day was 75, six years ago. And when the Allied forces, America, Canada, Britain, and Poland and all the other Commonwealth countries pulled together and sent this invasion fleet to the beaches of France. 
They had to secure the beachheads to start the invasion to liberate Europe from Nazi Germany. Now, as they get in the foothold, they had to get a foothold on the beaches. And by day two, it was all secured. And it was a successful mission. It was to get a foothold into Europe. God had a foothold now with Jesus being secure in safety. Whilst he was in safety, the murder of the babies was happening over here. Right? So it was a successful mission. But you try telling that to the Hebrew women who lost their babies that day. Oh, God, where are you? Well, I've got a plan. Well, I'm just burying my son. I'm burying my son. You're telling me, telling me that was a successful mission? But I've got a plan. It's a good plan. It's to save the whole world. See, sacrifice is necessary where there's love to be won. In those D-Day landings, it was a successful mission. But you tell that to the tens of thousands of allied families and the French civilians who lost their lives in all this. Tell that to the families of the French civilians as they got caught in the crossfire and the bombs. Oh, but it's a successful mission. <laughs> we don't see the bigger picture. And the, big, the bigger picture isn't played out until much later. The liberation of Europe was another year until you see the bigger picture. Sacrifice is it's a cost for freedom. Freedom comes at a sacrifice. Psalm 116, verse 15. God understands about sacrifice. He says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Those, do you think God not knows every single life, every single hair on every person's head in this world? He knows everything. But his bigger picture, his bigger plan is to stop the attacks of the enemy. The enemy knows what is going on. The enemy is trying to attack and destroy lives all the time. But it's time, church, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's time to say, God, Jesus, I I want every, I want in. I want in. I want absolutely everything you've got for me. I want to live for life fulfilled for you. Because in this world, you can't have the peace that God gives you. The peace that the world gives is not like what Jesus gives you. Jesus gives you a peace that the world cannot give. With all the chaos in the world, you sit still in Jesus. You sit still in Jesus. You sit still. The world's in chaos. You see the rising water levels, the floods. You sit still in Jesus. You see the fire sweeping Australia and all the other countries. You still sit still in Jesus. God's got a plan. And the virus is spreading across. Didn't Jesus say nations will rise against nations? Earthquakes, famines and pestilence. But do not be alarmed, for these things will happen, says the Lord. Then you've got Extinction Rebellion, blocking the roads. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) The ice caps are melting, carbon emissions are high. God's got a plan. The signs of the times are real. These people are waking up. 
this can't last forever. I work in natural stone and, and for 30 years I've always been looking at the diminishing stone quarries that we have. Stone doesn't regrow. Once you've used a stone out of a quarry, you've used it up. You can't pour it back in, it's done. And I've always thought, wow, what are we going to do in the future when there's no more stone? You know, things are running out. The warning signs are there. God's plan will prevail. Another prophecy of Jesus is that nations will rise. Earthquakes, famines, it will come. But we can sit still with the peace that God gives us. Now, I feel sorry for those who lose their homes in floods. and You feel it for them. But I'm not saying I want to lose my home. But if I lost my home, my security is in Jesus. That's where it's got to be. If Jesus comes tonight, you can't take your home with you anyway. There's going to be a time when the Holy Spirit will move upon his church and his people and challenge you like they were in the book of Acts and the days of Acts and the early church to sell possessions and, and properties and give to the glory, to the growth of the kingdom of God. Because what will it profit a man to have treasures on earth when Jesus comes? What will it profit a man? You know, my wife and I, we've been discussing many things about these recent trips and how God can, we can use our properties and our finances to serve God. When we bought a house five years ago, by a miracle of God, a finance miracle, I said, God, what's this house for, Lord? How did you, why did you give us this house? It's for my purposes you'll use this house. It's everything's for God. If God says, sell your house and go to a one-bedroom house there, we'll do it. Use the money to continue missions, we'll do it. God will move, his spirit will move on people, I believe, in these times. To encourage the move, because you'll realize, what do we own on earth? You can't take it with you. What do you desire most? Your iPhone 11X.1? No, no, no. You can't take that with you. That's no good. You can't take it. Don't treasure things like that. What is it worth? Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, he's wonderful, isn't he? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm excited. I'm at you, church, but I am full of the Holy Ghost, and I love it. I love it. I'm sorry, I'm a bit mad, but I've just been to Colombia. Woo! Shambrando sacanamande. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. Come on. Oh, I love Joseph in this story. We see this story from the angle of Joseph. What a possession he had in his hands. He had the Lord Jesus Christ as a baby in his hands. He did not doubt the instructions of the angel. He didn't doubt the instructions. He obeyed them. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh, if you listen to the voice of God, test it. Go for it. Go for it. He wants obedience above all things. And his love for him as well. Oh, Joseph was a man. He trusted the baby Jesus, this helpless son of God, into the arms of Joseph. Yes, he nursed at the bosom of Mary. But Joseph, he was the man. He was the man who had to get the donkey. He had the man to get the rugs. He was the man who had to get the crib. He was the man who had to set up a new home. He cared for his possession. He loved his possession. How do you possess and care for your salvation? How do you possess and care for the Holy Spirit that lives in you? 
He would have, when you have a baby, you don't corrupt it with the things of the world. You don't put it in a bad location. You care for it. You treasure it. You smother it. You nurse it. What are we doing with the Holy Spirit in us? Are we caring for the Holy Ghost that lives in us? The precious one lives in us. Jesus says, I'm going to send one just like me. One like Jesus. That was in Joseph's hands. Now lives in you. How are we caring for it? Are we just swallowing and eating the stuff of the world and contaminating the Holy Spirit? If it's not provoking you, if it's not convicting you, I question you, how much of the Holy Spirit is really in you? You may profess to be a Christian. You may say, yes, I'm saved. You want the Holy Spirit in you. We want full repentance. We want people who are desperate for God. We want people who are just desperate to have all that he has for us. I'm saved. Are you really? Are you walking in the fullness that he has for you? Are you full with the Holy Spirit? When that day landed, when he touched me intimately in my spirit, you know when he's touched you. Well, I think I felt that. You think? God of the universe touched you and you think he touched you? You know when he's touched you. (laughs) When the God of the universe has touched you and filled you, you know it. He'll change your life. You don't want to watch the stuff anymore on the world. You don't want to read the garbage anymore. Because you've got the Holy Spirit. You want to care for it and possess it and do all he has for you and rejoice and worship him and just love him. Oh, Jesus, he's more real than your circumstances. He's more real than the floods. He's more real than coronavirus. He's more real than all these things. He's more real. He is the rock that we stand on, not the troubles of the world. He is the rock. He's the foundation. I give you my life, Jesus. I give you my life. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your joy. Am I speaking to someone today? Who wants the peace of God? Oh, it's so joyous. More and more and more and more. You know, we wear the uniform of a Christian. And we say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. But none of us go to the the war or prayer room to get the instructions. And when the meeting starts for the instructions in in a military campaign, they're all there, all the soldiers getting a briefing of what to do. When it comes to us, it's a near-empty room because we're still in the world with our feet up watching telly or doing other things. We need to go to the war room to get the instructions of Jesus. But the battle cry is love. The battle cry is love. Go out and love people. We went to Colombia and we loved people. The cafes, what's up here? Let's love them. Pray for them. Love them. That's the battle cry. Oh, what wondrous actions. God is a God of love. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of tragedy, God is still a God of love that is reconciling the whole world back to Him through one man. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. 
Joseph was obedient because he was positioned to hear the dreams of God from the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord will speak to you, will guide you, and the Holy Spirit in you now too will be guiding you in every day of your life if you allow it to be. Love you, Jesus, so, so much. Thank you, Father, that you can use vessels like us. Yes, I want to use vessels like you. This is the time we live in. Yes, I can do things. I can send an angel straight away to do, but no, no, no. I've called people. My plan is to use people. It's to use people, and I will send my angels to minister with you do things the Psalm 91 says that those who dwell in the place of God he will send his angels commanding you that no harm will come to your home and household so they're the prayers we pray for our children who aren't walking with the Lord they're the prayers we pray for our family members who aren't walking with the Lord but God I've made you my dwelling place I'm in your dwelling place so God your promise in Psalm 91 is you'll send your angels to my children who aren't walking with you you'll guard them Lord it's a promise from God we need to fast and pray for our loved ones who aren't walking with the Lord fasting and praying is a spiritual reaction of the Holy Spirit it's a spiritual thing to awaken up the Spirit don't bind the devil he's already loose (laughs) but we we speak over our children we speak life to them oh God you can You said in your promise, Lord, that my children are in your hands, God. They will be saved. Jesus, you're so worthy. You're so worthy, Lord. Isn't he wonderful? It's time to raise the banner. It's time. I just pray the Spirit of God has provoked a reaction in people's hearts to say yeah time is short the signs are here that in these times lovers of self and not of God immorality is all rising signs are here but it's all about him not about me, 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 me it's about you Jesus It's all about you. I just want your peace, Lord Jesus, in my life. To be a vessel for you. I love you so much. I pray for every single person here right now, God. Every heart right now, Lord. I'll say, God, I just touch my heart, Lord Jesus. Be desperate for him. Be hungry for him. Be thirsty for him. Because he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy, worthy, worthy. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.